John likes tech and lives in Indiana, you know Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio It's the Lack of Genius Podcast In your ear holes at last They don't know they're Mars from Venus That's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast John, that might be the first time we had a we had a kiss to start the podcast. <laughs> it might be. It was not between yeah, John I, and I. We're setting records. No, I mean, there's only been one time where that could have happened. So, <laughs> oh, when we were in Chicago, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have. Oh, so this is a first. Also, it's not only the first kiss to start a podcast, but it's the first time we've had two guests on the show. Yeah. From a boat. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to let you do a proper introduction, John, since since uh, <laughs> you're a little closer to them. Well, technically, you're closer to them geographically. Yes. <laughs> geographically, yes. Uh, That's John's dad coming out. Yeah. I am my father's son at times. Um, <laughs> this is my dad's brother, Dale, um, and his wife, Nikki. Uh, they live on a sailboat currently up in the, uh, what is it, Puget Sound area? Is that where you guys are? Yeah, it is. Puget so. Sound? Yeah, ahoy. It is so nice to have you both. I was kind of talking in the pre-show about how you two have been supporters of this podcast from day one. I, I remember when mm-hmm. John first texted me about, you know, I, I was just about to do it again, where I almost, I always call you Aunt Dale and Uncle Nikki. I just, I just always, for some reason, my my brain mixes them up. So know that I mean love if I say that. But uh, yeah, he's from day one. Uh, talked about talked about his aunt and uncle who lived in uh, the Seattle area. He lived up in Washington on a boat. Um, you were telling me on the pre-show, but you you this boat is a full time uh, it's a full time home for you, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a a thirty six foot Catalina Mark II and made in nineteen ninety eight. Cool thing about sailboats oh. is if you take care of them, they they will stick around for a long time. Wow. Yeah, and so we we do have a home port out of Paul's Bow. Washington, which is in the Puget Sound area, although we try to spend as much time as we can out on the water away from here. In fact, we just just returned from a 10-week trip in the San Juan Islands. And then, gosh, yeah. um, next week we'll be pushing off again for a six-week trip up into the Canadian waters, the Gulf Islands, and up to Desolation Sound. So yeah. we're excited for that. We haven't been to Canada since COVID started, but borders are open now and it's safe to sail and off we'll go next week. And we've had the boat for about two years, and we've lived okay. on it for about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in some ways, it's this is relatively new for you. I mean, a year and a half is a, a decent amount of time, but this hasn't been years and years. And and so this happened during COVID times, correct? That you that you started living there. It did. Sort of coincidentally, we had created our plan that we were ready to do this. We. We had been sailing for 10 years on smaller boats, but we felt like we really wanted to get a larger boat and become full timers. And right as we were shopping for boats, COVID happened, and we kind of, kind of got lucky with our timing in that way. And it has been nice to be on a boat during the whole pandemic. Not that there's anything nice about the pandemic, but we made the best yeah. of it, and the boat, the boat really helped. Well, yeah, in a time where all of us have had to find silver linings, right? Like that's a pretty good yeah. silver lining that your home is on the water, and 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 you know, I know, like you said, your travel was still restricted on a boat, um, but mm-hmm. could you? You could leave the dock theoretically anytime you want, or or but you just can't go into like Canadian waters or any other um, country's waters, essentially. Right. Yeah. Weather permitting. Yeah, we can leave the dock whenever we want. There's a lot of state parks around here, marine state parks. So we've done a lot of hanging out there. Um, 
And yeah, we can go up into the San Juan Islands because they're in Washington State. And then Canada is oh, cool. just, I mean, you can see Canada from all the islands there. Um, but we hadn't uh-huh. been able to go there. You can't even go, during COVID, you couldn't even go on the water across the border and like come back into the States. Because now, I think now again, you can cross into mm-hmm. the waters. Um, if you don't step foot on land, then you don't have to go through customs. But if you step foot on land, Got you have it. to then uh, pass through customs. Or drop anchor. Or drop anchor, yeah. I was telling Dale and Nikki that the only thing I knew about sailing is that uh, you use a sail. And then, and then, thankfully, Dale reminded me on the pre-show that <laughs> as long as the water is outside of the boat, you're doing something right. And then I just realized I also know what an anchor is. So I'm like, all right, I got three, three things that I know about sailing. <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, the, the COVID times were really difficult for many sailors who were already in situations where they were crossing oceans and heading to foreign lands and then COVID hit and borders shut down and many countries allowed, they made provision for sailors to get in and quarantine on their boats and even to the point where government was bringing them groceries to the boat so that they did not go to shore. But other, other countries where people had sailed refused their admittance whatsoever and it became a real crisis for sailors who were running out of food and water and nowhere to go oh my gosh i i can't speak to anyone personally but you know our our internet world of sailboat community was really struggling for a while and and passing on stories and hoping that people could support one another on the water but after a few months a few months that sort of sorted itself out it was and luckily we were not in that situation whatsoever we were you know, we still had the ability to go to Costco if we needed to. So, very different situation for us. But some sailors were in desperate situation. Yeah, what a scary situation to be in where you're, I mean, you're literally thinking, I need I need to ration my food. I need to ration my spot. I don't know about, you know, you filling up for gas, I'm sure, is something that you have to do. And, yeah. and I mean, that sounds like a movie. Huh? There's a book that yeah. needs to be written there, you know? Yeah, good point. Yeah, wild. so if there are any sailors out there who lived that, we have a suggestion for you. Write that book. Make it a screenplay. <laughs> yeah, I, I rarely read. I just learned how recently, and I would, uh, no, I, I would, I would read that book. I would watch that movie. I would be, I would be in. Uh, well, we, as, as I said, Dale, Nikki, we are so excited to have you. Um, you know the drill, so let's, uh, let's, unless I'm uh, make sure I'm not cutting anyone off. Let's tidy some things up, and then we'll get into your quiz. All right? Sounds good. Tidy up. Before we go, go any further with the show, show. Tidy up before we go, go. Fix our mistakes tonight. I want to get it right. Tidy up. I love that we alluded to John's father earlier. <laughs> John's father has played a—he's played a bit of a minor role on this show before. In fact, I believe he uh-huh. was the one that sort of wasn't he the one that kind of brought it to our attention that we should be celebrating episode twenty-six and fifty-two as opposed to like what? what am I mistaken on that, yeah. John? 
I think he had a hand in that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's something that was on your mind also. I know he's he's corrected a few things in the past, and I say that with love. Like I know it's he he keeps us grounded, I think is 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 the point. So John, you mentioned you didn't tell me what it was yet, but you mentioned that you had right. a tidy up from an episode a, a little while back that your dad pointed out. Yeah, so um, as was just mentioned, my my sister got married, and that was in Kansas. So pretty much the entire immediate Indiana crew drove out to Kansas, and I guess on the way back, um, their car listened to our podcast to uh, try and get caught up. Cool. Uh, they have not gotten caught up yet. Um, <laughs> We've given them way too much content. <laughs> right. I, I, well, I guess one of the episodes that they listened to was the New Year's episode and your uh-huh. birthday episode. And after my dad mentioned this, I kind of remembered the conversation. I don't know if you remember it, but your sister said something to the effect of she listens to the podcast on like one and a half speed. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. because she was weirded out by hearing the jingles in real time. They right. sounded real slow to her. Yeah. And so uh, I said something about how you just have to, you know, you, Kevin, would just have to play the uh, yeah. songs at like half speed or whatever. That's right. Um, which I was mainly just saying as a joke. Yes. However, my dad, um, I guess, did the math and figured out that it's more like you would need to play it at like two thirds speed <laughs> or something to that effect um, in order for it to sound correct at one and a half speed. Okay, wait, 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 so. wait, wait. Let's think this through. Hang on. So if, if <laughs> he was saying, if it's playing at one and a half speed, I would then need to listen to that recording at two thirds slower. No. No. Yeah. No. You would need to put the theme at two thirds in order for it to sound correct at one and a half. If I put the speed in real time at two thirds, if that's how I play it back as two thirds the speed right. that it is, then when it, when my sister Erica or others listen at one and a half times speed, it would sound it normal. It would sound correct. We got to yeah. do this one time. <laughs> <laughs> for your dad to take the time to figure that out and to think it through, this is this we need people like him in our lives. It was a long trip. Yeah, <laughs> they had a lot to think about. They had pl- they had plenty of time for thinking, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. It's time to take a quiz or two. Like a genius podcast, doing this for you. You may fail, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Don't really want this quiz to be tough. I just want to pass one because I failed enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. He's <laughs> gonna do it again. I said, Aunt Dale, Uncle Nicky, are you ready? <laughs> I just, it is gonna happen every single time. Uncle Dale, Aunt Nikki, you have a uh, five-question quiz about sailing prepared for us, right? Is there anything we need to know? Uh, it's a couple more than five, but you got the right idea. We had to narrow it down from the hundred we came up with. You were looking to top Barry the Joggler is what, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. decided to have self, self-control. self <laughs> we, we, we It did. just won't be as rapid fire. Yes, yes. Well, I'll, I'll hand the reins off to you, and when you feel ready, if you have anything you need to preface with, go ahead. But otherwise, uh, we're, we're ready when you are. All right, we're ready. I'm going to take the the first one here. We thought we'd start with some theory. What makes sailing possible? A. Bernoulli's principle. B. Newton's laws of motion. C. Coulomb's law. Or D. Rum. I just. Yep. That's. I gotta give you. I gotta give you a round of applause for this. Wow! Already. <laughs> You, yeah, it doesn't. Anytime you just put rum in an answer, oh, sorry, I actually hit it again. But you put rum in an answer, you're gonna get a round of applause. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I would argue three out of those four things probably make sailing possible. Oh, interesting. Wow. See, well, go ahead. what do you mean by that? You 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 could you could find a way that any of the I mean, rum, right? Is rum one of them? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, obviously rum is one of them. But I mean, <laughs> my guess is they're going with Bernoulli's principle, but one oh. could argue that Newton's law of motion is vague enough and encompassing enough <laughs> that it could be that one as well. Interesting. Do you, and do you know what the th- what the third is it? What was it? Col- Coulomb's law. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Do you know that one, John? I know of it. I'm trying to remember which law it is specifically. Don't worry. I don't know what it is. For so. some reason, I'm wanting to say it has to do with electricity, but I think I'm wrong on that. Okay. So. Got it. I I don't know what Bernoulli's principle is. That's a. I I know who. I obviously know who Isaac Newton is. B. Newton's law of, of motion. Um, as much as I'd like to choose rum, I'm going to choose B. Newton's law of motion. And it sounds like you're what you're going to choose A. Yep. Bernoulli's principle. Okay. How do we do? All right. John is right. John. Kevin is not. Yes, that sounds about right. That's going to be a common theme here today. It is A. And and John, uh, no surprise, was all kinds of right about all kinds of things he said. Um, yes. <laughs> at least A and B are definitely involved with sailing. But the, the primary one is Bernoulli's principle. Um, Coulomb's law is, in fact, some physical laws around electricity or electrons, and I know nothing about it. Um mm. I know something about rum. (laughs) Newton's law of motion, definitely right. Once we get that sailboat moving, we love that it keeps moving, unless we're near the dock, and then we don't like that at all. (laughs) Uh, But Bernoulli's principle is it involves things like uh, laminar dynamics, fluids, or in our case, air. Air traveling across a surface behaves in certain ways, and Bernoulli figured this out. A sail is, of course, how a boat moves. And it's a common misreception that the wind is pushing the sailboat around. And that's only true when we are sailing directly downwind. Any other direction, which is most of the time, we are relying on the physics that Bernoulli described. And sails are not flat. They are intentionally made to be curved exactly like an airplane wing for exactly the same purposes. Airplanes fly because, uh, as Bernoulli described, the air going across the top of the curved surface has to travel faster than the air going across the bottom of the flat wing. The bottom of the wing is flat, the top is curved, and uh, what happens is when air, or water for that matter, but when air travels faster across that curved surface, it creates a low pressure zone and a relative high pressure zone on the bottom of the wing. In our case, we're talking about sides of a sail instead of top and bottom but it's the same thing happening. When you have that low pressure zone and high pressure zone, as we know, things in nature try to equalize. And so the high pressure side of the wing or sail is trying to push its force through the wing or sail to the low pressure side, which is the dynamic we're relying on. So I'm, I always try to think about what it was like 2,000 years ago when humans were figuring out sailing. And it must have been that they were always just going sideways because the force is going perpendicular to the sail. And if that's not the direction you want to go, you're just going to go sideways or whatever, backwards or whatever it is. Um, so at some point, humans figured out the idea of a keel. And the keel not only helps the boat stay upright, but it creates lateral resistance to that sideways force. So the sail collects all that energy. It wants to go sideways, but the keel prevents it from, mostly prevents it from sliding sideways. And instead, the boat 
goes forward. That's the long-winded, simple answer. And I'll stop after that because I'll be showing my lack of genius if I go any further. <laughs> <laughs> I like the use of long-winded answer, by the way. Long-winded, was that, a, was that an, an intentional pun or unintentional? It was not, <laughs> not <laughs> intentional. <laughs> for me, it's, I'm no scientist um, at all, but it's, it's really fascinating to me that humans figured it out and that even that Bernoulli could describe it. And that we humans can manipulate that. And that becomes the joy in sailing. When you understand that much, you can start to manipulate the sails just like pilots do the wings. As you know, you take off, they have those flaps down to make a larger curve. When you get up to airspeed, they, they raise those flaps to make a smaller curve. We sailors can do the same thing by trimming our sails with a variety of different things to change the shape and to change the angle of the sails to the wind. And that, that is the sport of it, and that is the fun, especially when you're doing it well. Yeah, I think for anyone who may, and, and I figured that there was more to it than this, but for anyone who's just kind of like, sailing is just, you put a thing up in the wind and you go, like, you've just described there are so many variables. And, and like you said, that is the sport of it, that there are so many different variables that go into this. As someone who also, like, I, I am not science-minded at all. So to hear that this Bernoulli could like you said, Dale, take the time to put this into words and actually, you know, figure this out. I, my, it blows my mind. And um, mine too. Well, I mean, Kevin, have you ever just taken, you know, when you were a kid or even as an adult, just stuck your hand out the car and changed mm -hmm. the shape of it to see yeah. how it reacts? And sometimes that's it goes Bernoulli's up. And, yeah, that's Bernoulli's <sighs> principle. So that's how he, is, he was on a long road trip with his parents and he <laughs> stuck his hand out the window and he was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if. <laughs> Okay, so John's up. One nothing, no offense, Kevin. No, that's all right. Okay. You're just saying facts. You're just saying facts. <laughs> okay, uh, your second question. What is a jibe? A, the small boat that is used to go ashore when anchored out. B, turning the sailboat so that the stern passes through the wind. C, turning the sailboat so that the bow passes through the wind. Or D, reducing the size of the mainsail during high winds. <sighs> All right, a jibe. And this, this word is spelled G-Y-B-E. I'll tell you right now, aside from just learning what this means, because I have no clue. Mine is just going to be a shot in the dark. I'm already excited about this because I do a lot of crossword puzzles. And anytime there's a word that has three consonants, though I guess the Y could, <laughs> could you know, function as a vowel in this case. But that is a crossword puzzle word if I've ever seen one. So I'm very excited to add this to my repertoire. Um, John, do you have any ideas? Yeah, I do. You know what it is. Like, you know the answer. Uh, I'm fairly certain I know. Okay. Well, if I have to make my shot in the dark guess, I'm going to say it's between B and C since those are both similar choices. So B was turning the sailboat so that the stern passes through the wind, and C was turning the sailboat so that the bow passes through the wind. I am going to choose B just because, and that's what I'm locking in. What about you, John? I'm going to go with C because A... Uh, is either a dinghy or tender, depending on which term you want to use. Okay. And D is reefing um, when you make the mainsail smaller. Wow, so. John. We have a ding, 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 ding for Kevin. Yes, Kevin. Sorry, John. Ah. <laughs> we tied. We're tied up. All right. Tell us more. It almost seems like John should get 
bonus points for knowing all the rest of them, though. But yeah. that's not how it works, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, John. Um, yeah. So those two are somewhat similar, B and C. Um, the answer to jibe is that the stern passes through the wind. Uh, C would be your tacking or coming about. Um, they're both pretty big maneuvers. I mean, this is where the sail lines are wrapped around a winch that is holding them tight and holding the sail in place. And you have to completely take that off in the wind, um, take that line all the way off the winch, and then pull it on the winch on the other side to pull the sail across. So it can be, you know, sometimes it's really calm and it's no big deal, but in bigger winds, it's it's you need a lot of muscle to get that uh, sail pulled in on the other side. But, you know, you use it a lot. You know, if you're getting close to land, you wanna tack or jibe to, you know, get away from land, or if there's a ship coming, or if your, you know, destination is over here, you're just, you know, it's just, it's kind of a maneuver that you are always using. Very rare to just be on a single tack for the whole time you're out sailing. Yeah, you know, I hear, I hear this and it's just, um, it takes a lot to know how to operate this sailboat. And it makes me think, and, and forgive me if I'm ruining a question, I didn't look ahead yet, but like, do you have to be certified to do this? Do you have to have a legal, like, what is the process to do that? There, there is no requirement whatsoever at all. Actually, the requirements come in when you start turning on motors. And, you know, sailing is an interesting thing in that it has been said, and I love this saying, I can teach you to sail in 20 minutes it'll take your lifetime to master. Wow. And I really do believe with that, as cliche as it is. I've also heard it about golf. People say the same thing. Yeah. Um, so you golfers out there may want to try sailing because you already have the mental process. It's, you know, we could go out in a little day sailor and in mm -hmm. 20 minutes, you could be just having a blast all by yourself um, and, and learning along the way and bumping your head once in a while. Um, but then, but then there's that whole, but how well can I make Bernoulli's principle work, right? Not just is it working, but how well can I make it work and how fast can I make it go and how can I avoid danger before it even yeah. catches up with me? Very nice. Well, we have, we have tied up. We each got one right. Are we ready for number three? All right, here we go. Why is America's Cup called America's Cup? Oh. And uh, you will see that in the questions, it is a sailing race. Okay. I'll give you that much. Okay. So, A, the race is called America's Cup because it is routinely held in the USA. B, the race was won by American boats so often it became the established name. <laughs> C, the race circumnavigates the Americas. Or D, the first winning boat was the America. My goodness. Any one of these. Any one of these sounds totally reasonable. I love it. What, do, you, do you know anything about this, John? We did our job. Yeah. <laughs> I know about the America's Cup, and, I mean, the boats that they, the ships that they used, I, depending on which term you want to use, are incredibly advanced. I, I do know that, like, the guys that are sitting there, like, pedaling with their hands, they're not actually doing anything with the sails. They're generating electricity for the winches that adjust the sails. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. I'm kind of held between A and D. A is that the race is routinely held in the USA. D is right. that the first winning boat was the America. Yeah, John, you, not surprisingly, have proven that you know much more about this than I do. You know, I do notice it's the America's Cup. America's with an S at the end. 
mm-hmm. and so it does make me wonder if it is in reference to the Americas, meaning I'm thinking maybe it's sea. The race circumnavigates the yeah. Americas, goes down to down below South America. I'm just going to choose that because I, you know, I, I really don't know, and that's going to be my best logic. <laughs> so I'm going to choose C. I'm going to join you on that one. C. You're going to join me? We're both choosing yep. C. Okay, and you are both wrong. <laughs> oh, double wrong. <laughs> the last time I listened to you, Kevin. I know. I was pretty convincing, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what's really sad? Is that there are two right oh. answers, and you didn't oh get, my the, God. <laughs> you get either <laughs> of them. <laughs> now, the, um, the, maybe the most right answer is D. The first winning boat was the America. Wow. But B is a commonly accepted answer, and I did not want to discount it. Um, the race was won by American boats so often, it became the established name. It's just, wow. and there's literally a trophy cup. And so it just became America's Cup because... American boats held that trophy for 132 years straight. Wow. Now, let me give you a little back history on this. I had so much fun learning about this. I kind of knew some of this, so I really dove in deep and learned a bunch more. Um, The first America's Cup, although it wasn't Mm -hmm. called that, the first race was in 1851 in England. The America's Cup is the oldest trophy in international sport, and it predates modern Olympics by 45 years. Wow. Like, not even close. Much older than the Olympics. A group of businessmen sailed a schooner named America from New York to England for the World's Fair. And while there, they competed in a sailing race as part of the the World's Fair, which raced around the Isle of Wight, and they raced against an entirely British fleet. Keep in mind, this is 1851, and England was still the dominant force on the seas, as far as which humans really, really, really figured out long-distance sailing and hauling cargo and tea around the world, etc. That was England. And here comes some upstarters from New York on this schooner called America, and they kicked butt. You know, so and it put America on the map as far as sailing, and more than that, as a national pride. Um, this you know upstart nation that's so young. I mean, we were only we weren't even a hundred years old yet, um, and just figuring out how to have a navy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here we went and and beat the British in their own water. So that's how it became America's Cup because the America won it. Now, John is absolutely right about the modern day race of it. It is um, very high-tech boats. Some of these boats, if I'm correct, these boats are moving at speeds upwards of 60 miles an hour. And the way they're able to do that is not only with carbon fiber and things like that, but these boats are now foiling, F-O-I-L. They are foiling. They have a small wing underneath their hulls that when the boat gets going fast enough, that wing, just like an airplane wing, lifts a plane in the air, these small wings lift the boat out of the water. And a very, only the small wing, small, small wing is in the water. So the friction, the drag in the water is incredibly small. So very large boats, massive sails, very little friction, and they are going fast. And it is exciting racing, especially kind of like auto racing. When things go bad, they go really bad. And that boat 
topsy-turvies over itself. It trips over itself. Sometimes they crash into each other. It's not good. It's no one's excited about that, but it is pretty exciting to watch. Yes, yeah, sort of just knowing that that could happen is what makes it exciting. Like, oh my gosh, this is re there's real danger here. Yeah, there is real danger. The way the race was set up, these New York businessmen came home with the trophy, and the concept was that any nation could at any point challenge them for the trophy. So it's just kind of nation against nation. And that was the tradition for a long time. And they were challenged many times. And the American boats kept winning. It wasn't always the schooner America. It was different boats of different captains over time, different crews. But it was not until 1983 that a non-American boat won the trophy. And that was Australia, who are also sailing powerhouse and considered absolutely top of the game in these last you know, 40, 50 years. So there you go, the America's Cup. Wow, amazing. I think, you know, I'm hearing an incredible amount of dominance. What was it again, 100 and how many years? That they, 132? 132. 132 years in a row that America won this. And, and I'm thinking 4th of July is coming up. And if you need a reason to be even extra patriotic this year, it's that, man, America had some dominance in the sport of, of sailing here with this America's Cup. So that that's what I'm going to think when I when I accidentally blow off my finger with a firework this 4th of July. I'm going to be thinking of them. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we move forward? All right. Here is your next question. What is a sheet? A, a synonym for sale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. B, a shot of rum. <laughs> C, a canvas sale cover. Oh. Or D, a line that adjusts the angle of attack of a sale. Interesting. John, do you know? Yep. Don't say it if you do. Okay. You know, okay, interesting. I have, you know, I did go to college, and so as a result, I know a thing or two about alcohol, <laughs> and I have never heard a, sh a shot of rum referred to as a sheet. So maybe if, if that is the correct answer, then I just clearly wasn't paying attention in alcohol class. But or maybe if there's three sheets, you're maybe three sheets to the wind. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I will say that just hearing this, it's like, okay, a sheet... My mind goes to, oh, it's a sale, but I feel like maybe that's too obvious, like to be like, oh, the sale is also referred to as a sheet. D jumps out to me because that is the most technical answer. D says a line that adjusts the angle of attack of a sale. Interesting. I'm very tempted to choose that mainly because it's other than the rum one, it's kind of least like the other answer. So I'm going to choose D. How well do you know knots, Kevin? Not very at all. Okay. <laughs> Have you, have you ever heard of the knot called a sheet bend? I have heard of them. Yeah, so I'm familiar enough with some of the names because okay. of Boy Scouts. I just yeah. don't know how to... Yes. Uh -huh. Okay, so a sheet bend is used if you have two strings or ropes of varying sizes, you can tie the two together. And so unless I'm entirely wrong, which is always possible, I'm going with A, a synonym for sail, because a sheet bend is what you would use to tie a rope to the sail if you don't have a, like a grommet on the sail to tie to. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Let's find, let's find out if you're right first. So you're, you're choosing A, I'm choosing D. How, how did we do? The correct answer is D. Oh, I got it. But, but, and, and, and John didn't, but what was what John said correct though? Because it sounded very yeah. impressive. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I actually, I think your dad would be very proud of you, John. And I, for the audience, I mentioned that because um, I refer to John's dad as an international knot tying expert. Wow. Yeah, he, this this guy knows his knots and his hitches and his, well, he knows how to handle rope. We'll just say it that way. 
Yeah. So I think he'd be very proud of you, John. It's almost John that you it's almost that you you had too much knowledge yeah, on it maybe. and so overthought it. But regardless of whether you had too much knowledge, that definitely qualifies John <laughs> Knowledge because that was that was mighty <laughs> impressive. You, re- regardless of you got the question right, you got your information right. So there you go. Okay, so tell yeah. us more about about what a sheet is. It's pretty simple, really. Um, it's a line that generally is up here in the <laughs> front of the cockpit, and you're using them for you know adjusting all of these lines up here that are going up the mast. Generally, yeah, yeah. You buy it. It looks like a rope. Uh, the second it, I was going to say sets foot, but that's not really right, um, um, <laughs> gets onto a sailboat, it becomes uh-huh. a line. There are no oh. ropes on sailboats. They're all lines. My little joke is you can carry a rope to a boat, but once it's there, it's a line. If I went on a <laughs> ship and said, can you toss me that rope, would people just give me like a death stare? Like, what did you call it? <laughs> They won't throw you overboard. Okay. Just don't worry. Okay, I would learn eventually. If they did, they'd throw you a line. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. But, but, but if it's no longer on the boat, is it still a line? Yeah, the second it hits the water. Right. <laughs> well, it's attached to the boat, hopefully, or hopefully. else there's no point in throwing it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It also gets used as a verb to sheet in or to sheet out. You're pulling the sail in or you're pulling the sail out. And keep in mind, you know, the the wind is hitting that sail. So it wants to go, you know, the sail wants to fly off downwind, but you want to hold it at a certain angle so that Bernoulli's principle will work for you. And the way you do that is you hold you hold the sail in place with this line. And, and when a line is being used to control a sail's angle, it becomes a sheet. As opposed to a line that is used to raise a sail that is a halyard. Okay. So it literally goes from yeah. being a rope to a line to a sheet or to what was the other word you just taught us? A halyard? Halyard. 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 Wow. <laughs> Technically, they are physically all the same thing, but depending on where they are and what their usage is, they're referred to as different names. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Well, we we covered a lot of ground in a, in a good way, and I also want to commend uh, Dale and Nikki you on the order of of the questions so far because Bernoulli's principle has come into play every time, and you set the groundwork very early with saying this is this is Bernoulli's principle is everything. <laughs> you got to understand mm-hmm. this first. So it is everything. Um, okay. Well, unless you had more on sheet, we can we can move on. Where I, I'm up two to one, correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay, it's close. We're still moving. All right, here we go. The next part is a three-part question. They are all true-false. Okay. And we have special scoring for this. To earn a point, you have to get, well, whoever gets the most right gets a point. Got it. You, if you get the same amount right, you both get a point. Okay. I but you do have to get at least one right to get a point. Okay. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. I follow that. If you tie at zero, you don't, yeah. Okay, so here we go. True or false, Joshua Slocum was the first person to sail single-handed around the world. And so no one's confused. He had two hands. It's just a sailing (laughs) phrase. He only had one arm. Okay, I get it. I'm with you. A sailing (laughs) phrase meaning, yeah, yeah. He was all by himself on his boat. Or that's what it means. So true or false, Joshua Slocum was that guy who sailed single-handed around the world. Yep. I, I'm going to choose true because I have no knowledge of this. I'm like, why not? Um, maybe maybe you changed a name or changed something there, but I'm going to say true. What are you going to say, John? I'll say false. Okay, the answer is 
True. Okay. All right. I'm not going to ding, but I'm so right now I have one. John has zero in the yeah, in the, be, in the three exactly. questions here. Okay. And I'll just give you a real quick history about this guy because he did set a world's record in a sense. Um, well, definitely. So Joshua Slocum sailed his boat named Spray that he mostly built by himself, 46,000 miles by himself around the world. First person to do it when he left, everyone said he was nuts and that he would die. And yet he is in the record books. Mm. This happened in 1895 wow. to 1898. Wow. By the way, after his trip, he wrote a fantastic book based on his journals that he kept on the, on the, on the vo uh, voyage. And it is called Sailing Alone Around the World. If anyone is fascinated about history or sailing or both, read this book. It's, it's pretty short and pretty wonderful. Has all kinds of amazing cool. stories. He's bumping into people that had never seen a white guy before. Wow. He had a stretch of, of a goat being on board that got kind of crazy. So just read the book. Super fun. <laughs> I'm in for the goat story. I'm in for the goat. <laughs> <laughs> there was a boat goat. Yep. Okay, next question. True or false, Sir Francis Chichester was the first person to sail single-handed non-stop around the world. Oh, boy. All right, so same kind of dilemma here. It's like, okay, could it just be a different name? Um, what are you thinking, John? I have no idea. I know, I don't either. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think you're going to choose? Well, uh, the opposite of you. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, then I... I'll agree to choose opposite of you if you want to choose. Do you want me to choose first? Uh, I'll go true. Okay, so then I'm. I'll. I'll say false and watch. This is the one where they switch right. it up. But I'm. Gonna, I'm going to say false. All right. So John's a true. Kevin is a false. The correct answer is false. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, John, I'm sorry. <laughs> and and what's sad, John, is you were almost right. Sir Francis Chichester right. um, did become knighted by the Queen because he did sail single-handed around the world. In fact, he set a record for doing it the fastest ever. But he had to make mm. one stop in Australia, Sydney, Australia, because his boat was falling apart. Um, <laughs> actually, that's an exaggeration, but he needed repair. So right. lots uh -huh. of credit to this guy. He was knighted for the effort. And um, it took him nine months and one day to sail around the world. And that included the time he stopped for repairs. This happened in 1966 into 1967. So this is relatively modern yeah. history mm -hmm. as far as sailing is concerned. The correct answer is... Sir Robin Knox Johnston, also a British gentleman, and he sailed successfully nonstop, receiving wow. no aid from anybody or any ship, never touched land. He did this in 1968 and 1969, so just a year after Chichester tried. He's also British and was also knighted by the Queen. He spent 312 days at sea wow. to, to accomplish the task. Almost a year. Yeah. Okay, final question. True or false? Laura Decker set a world record at age 17 by becoming the youngest person to sail single-handed around the world. I'm fairly certain that's true, and I, I, I think this is a relatively new thing within the last, like, five, six years. I was just going to say something similar. I kind of remember hearing yeah. a story about a young a young woman uh, doing this. So, so I, I'm going to choose true because I, you know, why not? It sounds right. like you are too, John. Yeah. Okay, we're both choosing true. Okay, the answer is actually false. Oh! Because she did it at 16. Oh! Uh, <laughs> you got us! You got us! Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yep, yep. 
She's a New Zealand-born sailor, although she's actually Dutch and spent a lot of her life growing up um, Dutch. And she was born in 1995, so this is very recent history. And wow. at 14, she announced her plans to sail around the world. Now, wow. what's interesting is um, the Dutch courts heard about that, and they prohibited her from doing it, threatening, I believe, to um, incarcerate her parents for child abuse if they let her go. Um, wow. The decision was appealed later, and a higher Dutch court said, oh, let her go. <laughs> yeah. And she did, and she did it. <laughs> Amazing. So she set sail at age 14 um, on her 40-foot, two-masted catch named Guppy. And um, 518 days later, at age 16, she completed her circumnavigation and went into the record books forever. Incredible. Gosh, I what was Pretty I doing? Pretty impressive. Got at 14, I was barely walking to 7-Eleven by myself, you know? Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. You're barely walking? Incredibly impressive. I was barely walking. I, I still wasn't reading. We know this. I just learned to read this year. Uh, so, yeah, I had a lot to learn. That is very, that is very impressive. People doing amazing things. Laura Decker. Well, uh, I believe I got the on yep. that question. And, John, I'm sorry that you got the boom, but that's, you know, that's just the way it goes. I think you've won the quiz as well. I think maybe so. I, this is maybe kind of so. reminding me of when of, of in dodgeball, where you, I believe, you won the dodgeball right. quiz when I and I, I totally was expecting to win. But we got pride on the line. We got things to learn. So, um, what do we have? One more question. Mm -hmm. One last question. You okay. guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What does the command hardly mean? A. Tighten the main sheet. B. Push the tiller downwind. C, push the tiller upwind, or D, bring the boat to a stop. Hard to lee. It's like it's a, there's hyphens in there. The word hard and then a hyphen A hyphen L-E-E, -E, hard to lee, which is a fun word to say. I, I was 100% going to choose take a shot of rum if the option was there, but the option was not given to us. So. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, what do you think, John? I know. So I, I know that there's a leeward side. And that side can change depending on the side that the wind is on. Okay. Um, and just to kind of go over our options again, it was A, uh, heartily, what does it mean? A, tighten the main sheet. B, push the tiller downwind. C, push the tiller upwind. Or D, bring the boat to a stop. Right. It's either B or C, I think. Pushing the tiller downwind or pushing the tiller upwind. I, I really, I'm really not sure. So you're, you're debating between B or C? Yeah. What does the command heartily mean? I'm going to say bring the boat to a stop. That sounds like a telling someone to stop command to me. I'm going to go with C, push the tiller upwind. All right, how do we do? How did you they do? You were close, John. It was oh. B. Oh, you were so push close. Push the tiller downwind. At least we both got buzzed. So close. But, you know, these confuse me sort of all the time. <laughs> yeah. Dale knows exactly what he's talking about every single time. And, and I know what we're doing. I don't necessarily know, you know, I have a hard time registering sometimes. Upwind, downwind, what's going on? But basically, you know, the command is used to turn the boat onto a new tack, similar to a jibe. If you were doing a jibe and you're passing the stern through the wind, it would be called a jibe ho. <laughs> and you do call the command generally, um, you know, you're at least talking about it. Um, if you have a crew, you're definitely going to call the command so that your crew knows what to do. The uh, captain or whoever is on the helm would say ready to come about. You wait to know that everybody is ready and they say ready. And then you say, okay, hardly. And that's when 
you know, you're talking about this because that's when you're going to let the line off the winch and the sail will be flapping furiously to get to the other side where you pull it in. Wow. And wrap it around the winch again. Yeah. Well, a, a few things come to mind. One is we I, we've yet to bring up sea shanties, and and you talk about <laughs> pulling lines, and do, and, and we had a, we had a whole quiz about this, and I can't help think like you know the pulling of it, you know, and do do you do you two ever find yourself singing sea shanties together while you're while you're out and about? <laughs> <laughs> we need to start. Our sails are maybe a little smaller yeah. than those that need many humans to pull gotcha. them in. You need a you condensed know? version. But we do. We need to revisit. We we. I think we're almost up to date on cool. the podcast, so we've definitely remember the sea shanty <laughs> yeah. one. But we should maybe revisit yeah. that. Yeah, find one to find one to put. Yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kevin, the, the shanties would have yeah. been more for uh, you know raising the sails or you know reefing them, turning the capstan, the the raise and lower the lower the anchor. Completely agree. Completely agree. In fact, if we go back a few minutes to where we were talking about ropes that are lines and lines have names based on what they do. The rope, the line that raises and lowers a sail is the halyard. Mm -hmm. And if, if you go back enough time into British language, it, it is commonly believed, not totally known, but commonly believed that halyard is really haul yard, as in three wow. feet. And you've got that crew of people singing sea shanties in rhythm so that in rhythm, they can pull three feet at a time. Pull three feet. Haul the yard. Haul the yard. Halyard. Halyard. You know, 200 years later, in a different country, we say halyard. If I had a Dale knowledge bomb drop, I would play it right now for you. That was, I, that, that, this is not to discredit anything else I learned, but that is my favorite piece of information, just because I'm fascinated by language and the idea of where words come from. I love that. Mm -hmm. is so interesting to me. I love it. Um, we so appreciate you for mm -hmm. coming on. Definitely, you know, so yeah. many for we got the first the first episode to start with a kiss. We got the first two uh, two people <laughs> quizzing us. I mean, it's the first episode of our second year. But it is. This is starting off year That's two right. for oh, us. Yeah. So you guys are you guys are bringing us in on a on a great note. Yeah. Yay! And um, as someone who, as I said at the beginning, had no knowledge of sailing beforehand, and and as a result, not in a bad way, but never really an interest, just because it wasn't really on my radar. I am super fascinated now and very much would love to give it a go or at least witness it happening. There was a book you recommended by, who was it? By Josh, Joshua Slocum, right? Slocum. Yep. Sailing Alone Around the World. There it is. That may be a place a place to start at least reading. But thank mm -hmm. you for enlightening and, um, and and for sharing your knowledge with us, sharing your genius, if you will. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, before we go, we just want to give a full-hearted congratulations on your podcast anniversary. <laughs> well oh. done, y'all. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. We so we so appreciate that. We uh, you know we would not exist literally without without you two and listeners like you. Like you have been supporting us from day one, and um, you know there are a handful of people who we can say are in that boat. No pun intended. And and you are, but you are one hundred percent one of them. So thank you for your support and for for helping make this this podcast possible. We love you guys. We do. It's been fun. What Kevin said. Ahoy, everybody. Ahoy. It's the lack of genius podcast. In your ear holes at last They don't know they're Mars and Venus That's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast I'm in for the goat <laughs>